Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. When you're a home-based business, because you don't have a whole lot of overhead, but when you start thinking, okay, I'm actually going to move into brick and mortar, there's whether you have, whether your products are flying off the shelf or not, and you have to pay your bills in your brick and mortar space. And so for me, it was just, I had gotten to the point where I had initially looked at this space for a different type of business, but after talking to the owner, he said, you know, and I said, well, you know, I do have a sweets business. And so he said that he thought that sweets would be great for this area. And I thought, well, me too. (laughs) You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Hello, everyone. My name is Angela Hollowell, and I'm the host and producer here at Honey & Hustle, and today I am joined by the amazing Stacy Ramos of Bull City Sweet Shop. Stacy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So as you guys can see in the background, she's got some beautiful imagery going at her commercial space. And I'm excited to dive in because I have a sweet tooth like no other. So Stacy, talk to me a little bit about Bull City Sweet Shop and all of the amazing things that your space is home to. All right, so Bull City Sweet Shop, we're located at 2022 Andrew Avenue right here in the heart of historic East Durham. We got the space February of 2022, and then December of 2022, we had our soft opening. During the build-out process, I decided that I didn't want to be in the space by myself, that there were opportunities for other people in the suites and the confectionery industry to be a part of what I was cultivating here. And so uh, we sell to a few people and tossed a few ideas out there. And what we decided to do as a whole was, um, because I didn't want to be in here by myself, I thought, well, let me bring in other bakers, other treat makers. And so we have about five, six, different businesses within the sweet shop. So you can come here and you can purchase cupcakes and you can purchase mini bunt cakes and you can purchase brownies and Rice Krispie treats and candy. And I always tell people anything dips, dip, drizzled and covered in chocolate, we make that in-house. <laughs> and then we also make the popcorn in-house, but then I left all the real serious baking to the people who absolutely, the diehard bakers. I'm not a diehard baker. <laughs> so we do. We have about five to six different businesses within our shop who sells their products here. And it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> nice. I love that. I love that. We were just talking 
uh, before we started recording about like the significance of East Durham and how like this kind of community-based model for a shared commercial space of sorts has, we've seen it in the food industry mm -hmm. and now you're kind of bringing that to the confectionery world of that. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to have a physical location in Eastern? So I had originally, I had, I didn't live too far from where this space, where we're located and I had been driving by and I saw the space and um, I didn't think too much of it until I saw the for rent sign. And I thought, well, Let's give it a try. I think when you've never been in commercial space or in brick and mortar as a business owner, that part of entrepreneurship or being a business owner is very intimidating because you don't know what to expect or what to anticipate, right? And so it's easy um, when you're a home-based business because you don't have a whole lot of overhead. But when you start thinking, okay, I'm actually going to move into brick and mortar, there's whether you have, whether your products are flying off the shelf or not, you have to pay your bills in your brick and mortar space. And so for me, it was just, I had gotten to the point where I had initially looked at this space for a different type of business. But after talking to the owner, he said, you know, and I said, well, you know, I do have a sweets business. And so he said that he thought that sweets would be great for this area. And I thought, well, me too. <laughs> And so the rest, the rest really is history. When, when we started developing my team and I, it was like, how can we make this a sweet hub? And what does a sweet hub look like? And so we are Durham's first sweet hub. And that really just basically is a, a space where you can get multiple treats and sweets from multiple businesses. And so we've been rolling <laughs> with, with room to grow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so bringing it back to, you know, you talked a couple of times about being a first, being the first mm -hmm. sweet hub of Durham, you know, having your first brick and mortar space, really experiencing going from having a home-based business to a brick and mortar business. Aside from the overhead, what are some of the adjustments you've had to make to doing business at a physical location outside of your home? Wow. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> When you're the, when you have your own space, time management becomes a different ballgame. Um, and because I'm a single mom, I have three amazing children. Um, they're 22, 13, and 15. And it became a situation where it's like, do I build my store around my family life? The, you know, hours, the hours of operations, what days are we going to be open? What time do we need to close? Those sorts of things. Or do we follow the big box stores kind of model? And it became very apparent to me right out the gate. It was like, this is, this is my store. So I need to build it around my family life. So, you know, you want to have that work-life balance, right? And so it didn't make sense to have these crazy hours or you know, be away from home more than like if I was working a nine to five, that defeats the whole purpose of, you know, wanting to have freedom, right? And for me, time is freedom. How I manage my day, that's that's freedom. And so I think one of the biggest parts of it was just deciding how we were going to schedule the days that we were going to be here. And then I think another part of it too is 
people ask us all the time before hiring. We are a family-based business. And so I'm always thinking, okay, at what point should we think about hiring? What's that going to look like? What's that going to look like, you know, when we do decide to start hiring? I think another piece of it too really is just deciding which businesses fit our business model. You know, who do we want in here? What kind of products do they have? How is it going to help their business? How is it going to be good for not just our business, but also what products do they have that we can bring to the community as well? So um, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot, but it's, but it, for me, it's, it's positives. You know, I can look at the overhead and go, oh man, that's a, but it's like, that's the cost of doing business and that's the cost of expanding business. And that's the cost of, you know, when you want to take it out of your home and bring it and, you know, to a bigger audience that, that, it, that's the cost of doing business. So. Girl, listen, so. One thing that, you know, I really have a new appreciation for is the phrase, you got to pay the cost to be the boss. To what they the mean boss. by yeah. that is all these doggone taxes. What they mean is increasing overhead if you want to yes. increase and expand yes. and grow your business. Like, yes. it means deciding, like, who to hire, when to hire, for how long to hire, for how much. Yes. Like, all these things that you never really had to think about. Yeah, and, you right. know, you know, before you decided to say, like, hey, I'm at my... I'm at my peak as a solo creator. Like, how can I expand this in a way that is sustainable? Like, yes, you know, all the things. <laughs> yeah. All the things. <laughs> you And you made the comparison to like, okay, like, what is the point of me having a shop that, you know, I open at nine to five, but then I left, you know, a nine to five job to have this, have this life, like, you know, alluding to the time freedom that you really want this business to provide for you. When you talk about having this family life balance, which is something we all strive for and as imperfect mm -hmm. as it may be, mm -hmm. you know, what are some of the things that you recommend people think about in terms of like getting there? Like it's not an overnight process, right? Like it has to be like for me, it's my family is important, right? And so I, I think the turning point and, and why it's so ingrained in my head, we're not going to be here all day long. We're not going to be open seven days a week. We are going to have these sorts of hours because when in 2019, my husband passed away, right? And so I was working in local government and his transition was it was devastating because there were times where I needed to be away from work and I, I couldn't. It was like, I got to, you know, go check on him, but I also got to run to work. And, you know, that was, that was pivotal for me. And it's not to say that my job didn't care about me because they did, but I needed them to care the way I cared. I'm like, I'm about to lose my husband. My children are about to lose their father. We, what do we do next? Right. And so I, came into this space with that knowledge, right? But then I also came into this space knowing that even when we do hire, when people call out of work, when people don't want to work around the holidays, when people want this, 
it's because they really want to be with their family or they really want this time off or they really have an emergency, right? So coming into this space, I thought, how did I feel when I worked for somebody? I don't want people to feel that way when they work here, whether it's my mom working with me, whether it's my sisters, whether it's my children. You know, I want them to feel like, hey, actually, I don't want to work on Easter Sunday. Okay, well, we're going to be close Easter Sunday. I don't want to be here all day New Year's Eve. Okay, well, we're not going to be here all day New Year's Eve. When I leave here, I want to see some sunlight. I want to see some daylight. So it's really just one of those things where it's like my whole life doesn't have to be tied to this. And if we can't be effective and impactful in the, few, the hours that we're here, then what are we doing? You know, and so for me, it's like, let's get it done. We don't have to be here eight hours. I mean, I'm here a little longer, but it's because I'm building something sustainable. So the hours that I'm putting in now, these will not be the long-term forever hours. This is just to get this thing rolling. And then we do open it up and, you know, I still want that same. I want people to feel like I'm glad I work for Bull City Sweet Shop because they get, you know, they understand that work-life balance. I don't want nobody calling me talking about some old Stacey, I can't come in because I'm sick and it's 90 degrees outside. I know that and you are not sick. You try to enjoy this sun. So it's Saturday. We close at three. Come to your hours. You've got the rest of the day to hang out. So. Yeah, you sound like a great employer to me. <laughs> so let me just, let me just, let me just slide this in here. When okay. I was 15, I always share this story. I was 15 years old when I, there was no doubt in my mind that entrepreneurship was the, it was going to be my, my path. Okay. So I was 15 and I was working in Winn-Dixie and Roxborough. Okay. Roxborough, North Carolina. And it was a nice, beautiful day. Sun was out. It was the summertime. Everybody's going to the beach, the lakes. They're doing their thing. They're buying cookout food. And I just remember standing there thinking, the owner of Winn-Dixie is probably on an island somewhere sipping pina colada. And at that moment, I realized I am never right, right? And that's yeah. the weirdest thing, right? But that's what came to my mind. I'm like, they're probably somewhere chilling. I'm in here working. I'm 15. What does, what does society say? Society says work 20, 30 years at the same job, retire, then you've got 10, 15 good years of retirement, then you die. And I was like, oh, heck no. I just did not want that for my life. So at 15, I knew I was going to be a business owner. And at 19, I started my first business and then the rest is history. So entrepreneurship was always that thing with over time, over the last 20 years, I've worked for different businesses and I've worked for different entities. And what I've learned is what I don't want to be or how I don't want to be as a business owner. And so I took all of those negative things and even some of the good stuff and I apply it even to myself. I'm the only employee for Bull City Sweet Shop. All the things that I didn't like when I worked for somebody else, I don't do them working for myself. You know, so just same, same, same principles, but I'm applying them different. Yeah, I like that. Now I have like a ton of questions for you, right? Because like, because <laughs> what I'm hearing is like this extremely empathetic, but also like efficient leader, right? Yeah. Who understands that like, 
no matter if you're the employee or the employer, you should still have access to joy in your life. And your life shouldn't be built around work, which for whatever reason, people consider like this novel concept, right? But you're saying it so eloquently, I'm like blown away right now. And then yeah. you come at me like, oh, I knew when I was 15, I had my first business at night. I'm 29. Let me just tell you, I didn't know at 15 I would be here. Okay. So we're talking about just like some vision. We're talking about just like knowing what you want out of life at such a young age and like going after that at such a young age. So like the time between like starting and implementing is like crucial. Like, you know, there's some people now who may have known at 15, but still haven't started their first business. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, again, you have a business that's opening very soon. Physically, you're going to have your official grant opening. But I really want to know one about that, but also like your first business. Like when you started your first business, did you think you would be here? You know? I uh, uh, <laughs> So my first business, I was, I was 19 um, and I had my daughter. So I was a teenage mom. So 19 and my daughter, she's one-ish or something like that. My first business was making gift baskets, right? So I would make gift, I would go buy the cellophane, the blow dryer. I was like making Easter baskets, right? And I thought, this is fun. And so what I enjoyed most about it was I could be creative. And so at 19, I'm not thinking about anything other than being a good mom, trying to finish school. I went to NCCU for a little bit, Eagle Pride. And then I dropped out of school because I felt like, at that time, they weren't teaching me how to be a business owner. And that was all I had in my head. I'm like, teaching how to be a business owner, they're getting us ready for white collar work, corporate America. And there was, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm like, is anybody teaching? Like, can I get a degree in entrepreneurship? Can somebody teach me how to start, run, operate, do business? And so, um, but when it didn't work out for me with school, because I was just disappointed that the track that I was looking for, it was not a thing then it is now but at that time it wasn't and that was a little over 20 something years ago but my first business I didn't think I at 19 I didn't think that was going to be the thing that I would be doing forever then I started making jewelry and selling jewelry and I was like oh I'm tapping into something it's like okay well, what kind of business am I going to do what am I going to do long term and it didn't occur to me until I was probably in 2012, maybe 2012, when it hit me like a ton of bricks, what it was going to be. But even still then, I, I never saw a brick and mortar with the sweets industry. I just thought I want to be in brick and mortar. I mean, I had done just a little bit about everything under the sun. I had done event planning and I had baked for a number of years and I didn't really love baking. I enjoyed it, but, you know, so... I feel like ultimately the thing that I want to do the most is business coaching because I've done business for so long and have so much experience, but I felt like I was missing a component and being in brick and mortar was that component that I felt like you can talk about starting a business and I have all this experience, but it's through home base and what that looks like and what that feels like and all those different things. But it's a different ball game when you talk about having a business and it's in brick and mortar. So did I see this 20 years ago? No, I just knew it was going to be something with my name on it. It's just happened to be that. 
This episode was made possible with SavvyCal. Scheduling meetings manually can be so time-consuming, and schedule video podcast interviews is no different. From making sure all your guests have the correct meeting link to following up with next steps, the list of emails goes on. But what if you could streamline this process? With SavvyCal, you can. Take the stress out of your scheduling workflows with customizable reminders, the ability to sync multiple calendars, and more at the link in the description. All right, let's get back to today's guest. Okay. Okay. All right. All righty. <laughs> dropping gems on us. Dropping yeah. gems. Yeah. And I do have to ask, because I think North Carolina Central has an entrepreneurship entrepreneur in residence program. Mm-hmm. Have you been a part of that program? I have not. It is something that I've been thinking about when I decided to go back to school because I always tell people I would never say, hey, drop out of school if you know it's like a thing for you. Get some sort of education, whether you are going to school, whether you're going and you're getting it, you're going to trade school or you're going for a two year degree. Like you need some sort of skill set. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, I don't say nobody, I don't know everybody, but I did not graduate from high school knowing full well what I wanted to do in life. Like I had no idea. So I feel like some sort of education, whether it's vocational training, trade school, two-year degree, like get some something so you'll be equipped to figure out, okay, this has a, I'm interested in this. I'm interested in that. So when I did finally go back to school, Western Carolina, at the time that I got back into school, they offered a program called Innovative Leadership and Entrepreneurship. So I don't know if it was right around the time that Central started or didn't. So I got into the program at Western Carolina. So sorry, Central. No apologies. No apologies. I should have got with the ball sooner. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just don't remember that time frame, but I remember seeing it and I was like, wow, they actually, and this was later, like some years back. I'm like, wow, they actually have a program. And so Western Carolina is where I'll be finishing up my degree at for innovative leadership and entrepreneurship. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I think that's such critical advice. Like now we are in an age where like degrees are becoming more adept at the times. Like, you know, colleges are able to adapt quicker. And again, like now the discourse is like, you know, if you're young and, you know, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur, have your own business. They're like, you know, forget college, just invest that time online, writing, building an audience, you know learning about investments, all these things that, you know, people with privilege can do, which I was not given. My parents yeah, were like, when you 18, you got to go. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and you better yeah. have a plan and that plan yeah. better include college because yeah. this is where we're at. And I don't regret that at all. But now to see, and I, and colleges, it has its flaws. Don't get me wrong. As you have stated, like it is not always meant for, you know, a four-year degree is not always meant for everybody. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but saying that, you know, you're going to have the same level of like educational awareness and like, you know, that experience of being around people who think differently from you, who approach problem solving differently from you, like college is that incubator hub for that, no matter right. how long That's or what right. type of degree you go to get. And so I'm very happy that, you know, we were able to talk about this. Cause like, I mean, even trades, like we haven't really talked about that a lot on this show, but a lot of entrepreneurship, whether you're selling a product or a service or that's you know a confection or a business coaching like that comes from having a skill set it's not Mm -hmm. by just like saying something and making it so 
right? That's right. You know? That's right. So, but anyways, off my soapbox, off my yep. soapbox. But <laughs> so, I, 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 I think that if we highlight education, because here's why I highlight education. Because I don't want my daughters to say, well, mom, you, you didn't go to school. You know, I had a different path. Like, there's a reason why, you know, I just felt like it wasn't for me at that time. It's not to say that it's not for me. It's just at that time, I didn't know that, hey, you know, you don't really need a degree to be an entrepreneur. However, for me, I think it just solidifies. It's like having a degree, having some sort of skill set, having some sort of trade says, I took the time to learn to or not perfect, but invest in what I'm doing. That's what that says. Now, you will have entrepreneurs who have never gone through school, who don't, who have really just learned it by trial and error, YouTube University. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, but you, even if you're self-taught, you still learned it. You still learned it from someone. You didn't just wake up tomorrow or this morning and boom, you know how to do all this stuff. You've learned it, you've researched, so you're still educating yourself. So I, I always just, that's so important in this journey for me. It's like, no, I'm still learning. I you never, I'm a lifelong learner. You never want to stop learning. You never want to get to a point where you say, oh, I know it all. I don't need, oh, yeah, no, I still need to learn something. <laughs> Keep learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think you brought up something that's really important too, and that I'm I'm hoping people grasp um, in whatever part of the journey that they're in. Like you mentioned YouTube University. I'm a self-taught photographer and videographer. I didn't go to school for that. I went to school, but not for that. So, you know, I did have to learn that. And ultimately, like, there are a lot of free resources out there, but the thing about investing in education, whether that's a formal education or investing in a course from your favorite creator who's been there, mm-hmm. done that, is yes. that the money that you pay can get you there faster because you're That's getting right. direct access to people right. who have been there and experienced it versus, you know, the free stuff. It's great, but the amount of time that you would have to spend to earn that same amount and get that same level of experience as someone else who's maybe paying a little bit more is drastically different, right? That's and that's so just true. a reality. And I get that, you know, again, you have to choose what's successful for you from a money standpoint. Mm-hmm. So not you know, I'm not saying go to a four-year degree for photography or whatever, and that you're going to automatically come out ready to start your photo business and be profitable your first year. That's not what I'm saying. But there's something to be said about the level at which you invest in yourself monetarily and time-wise does translate into your success as an entrepreneur. That is so true. Look at you dropping nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) Trying out here. I'm trying out (laughs) Yeah. Well, one more thing before we we wrap up here, you know, you talk a lot about family, you know, you talked a lot about, you know, the conversation and example you want to leave for your kids as it relates to education and, you know, your experience as an entrepreneur, you know, as you thought about like, hey, I know I want to share my experiences with other entrepreneurs as a business coach, you know, how have you started to translate what you've learned into, you know, how you can help people. Because I think that there's a big gap between like entrepreneurs who know how to do, do things like the back of their hand and they know how to run their business like the back of their hand. But if you try to ask them about a certain system or process or approach, they can't communicate that. Right. So like how, what has been your, your process to kind of like compartmentalizing and translating your experience to people? 
question. Being realistic, you know, we have these realistic expectations and these realistic goals and also just being transparent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think sometimes because we live in such a social media driven society, everything, everybody sometimes tends to think that it's supposed to happen. Like this instant gratification has to happen. Like it has to happen today and it has to happen yesterday. And yet, and that's not, that's not real. Like that's not, at least that has not been my experience. It has not been real for me. Um, but I just take a very realistic approach and I'm relatable, you know? So when people ask me questions, I'm like, girl, let me tell you something. You better know that you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing. And then I'm, I'm a believer. So faith is everything to me it's like boy i know you told me to do this i know these are instructions but are you sure because it don't look like <laughs> and so when you when you have a very realistic approach like then for me there isn't a hierarchy i don't feel like oh i'm way up here and everybody else is like no come on here let's figure this out together because i don't know everything and even if I did. I still don't know what now. So it's like, okay, well, what what do you know that's going to help me? Okay, well, this is what I know that's going to help you. This is how you should go about doing that. So it's really just keeping it very, very realistic and not feeling like I've arrived and I got my store and I'm successful. This is a part of my success journey. This is not the end of it, though, you know. And so I want people to see if you keep it real, if you are transparent, I mean, paying bills in my store and we weren't even open and paying bills in my house, <laughs> child, please, I could write the around. Route. That was, yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's not a game. I mean, and there were months we weren't even selling anything. And so then you have to get creative. It's like, wait a minute, this is what I'm supposed to be doing now. What, what should I be doing next? So then we started making popcorn. We started doing all these different things so that we can generate money for the store a little bit faster. So it's been, so when people ask me, oh, I tell them, I'm like, you really want to know? Oh, let me tell you, it, I, it's, I don't have a fluffy, really beautiful, oh, it's this, you know, no, I keep it a hundred. And I appreciate that. I remember mm-hmm. I was talking to my therapist just the other day. She's like, you know, normally you would say, you know, you talk to the Lord about it and you're leaning on him and you trust in him. And I said, girl, I am, but it don't look good right now. <laughs> I trust him. I know it's going to work out eventually. But right now I got to be honest. <laughs> I'm looking good. <laughs> when, when the rent do for your house and the rent do for your brick and mortar and you got to flip a coin to decide who's getting paid first, child, please. <laughs> that's a level of and, and my barber he says it all the time and he says Stacey I'm so proud of you and I'm like well I'm proud of you you know you're a barber you've been doing this for a long time you know but he says no you got it out the mud and I did like I literally you know I did a GoFundMe campaign and it went well and I'm so thankful for everybody who helped and get this thing rolling but at the end of the day there was just there was so much work to be done and it just was it was like it was just dragging his feet, just getting the doors open. It was just so many different things. But I was undeterred in my 
I was like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're just going to do it. And even when it seemed like everything was falling apart, it was coming together beautifully. So <laughs> I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm thankful too. I'm excited. When are you guys opening up officially? So, so we are open now. We opened up December 4th. We had a soft opening, just testing the waters and making sure we got the right vendors in here. And if I can just shout my vendors out, we have B Bakery. B Bakery does vegan treats. They're very delicious. We have Bull City Confectionery. She does mini black cakes. We have Virtuous Delights. She does cupcakes. We have Royal Cheesecakes and Varieties. They do the cheesecake. Yeah, we have Leslie's baked. She does cake slices. And then one of the bakers who bakes exclusively for the shop, KB Sweets and Treats, is absolutely phenomenal. And then I'm not going to name drop her just yet, but she launches in here tomorrow. So it'll be posted in a few hours or so. But we've got another baker coming in here tomorrow. I'm really excited about her. But our grand opening will be. The weekend of May, Mother's Day weekend. So Saturday, May 13th is our grand opening. It's going to be really nice. We're going to do it pretty big. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for the vendors. I mean, I'm just, that that community, you know, I love East Durham. I love the East Durham community. I love the people that come in here and talk to us and ask me questions. I mean, I just love being a part of this community and and just being a sweet part of East Durham. And so um, May 13th is our brand new Saturday. All right. You heard it here first. Today is March 30th. They got a new vendor dropping on Friday, March 31st. So stay tuned for that on social media. They got our friends in there, Royal Cheesecake and Varieties. Ken and Tam have been guests on the show. They're incredible. So go check them out, along with some other people you may not have heard of yet until today. And then Mother's Day weekend, I'm not sure when this episode will come out, but around that time, Mother's Day weekend, go check them out. Get some sweet for your mom. Like, That's you know what I'm right. saying? You know, we support the Madres. We support it all. And we support you, Stacey. Thank you so much for Thank being on you. here with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs>